0: can have goals and you can do things for fun and do things for yourself, no matter what age you are.
1: Hi, we are Colleen and Colleen, and we have made it our mission to spread kindness and make everyone feel like they belong. So each week we will share real life stories, motivating insights and helpful tips that will inspire you to live a kinder, happier life. We believe that together we can make the world a much better place. Are you in? I'm in. Let's do this. Welcome to the You Fit Here podcast. Hey everybody, it's CB, and welcome to You Fit Here. Today I have a brand new awesome episode for you guys. I'm interviewing Chelsea Memel, who is an Olympic gymnast, but also just an everyday person like you and I. She is a wife, a mother of two. She wants the best for her family. And just because she is an elite athlete doesn't mean she is immortal. Although I will tell you, watching her and her combinations, I'm pretty sure she is immortal, but, <laughs> but she knows how to work extremely hard, how to set a goal and go after it. I encourage all of you listening to focus on something in your life that you want, something you've been putting off or putting on the back burner, something you keep saying, I'll get to that when dot, dot, dot. And the dot, dot, dot never seems to happen. So listen to Chelsea's words today and how she goes after her goals. And let's take that into our own lives. Thank you so much for being here, Chelsea. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited about this. I, seriously, you guys, you'll go follow her. I'm sure you already have seen her on your television sets, but she is like Superwoman. It is crazy. So, Chelsea, take us all back. What was it like growing up with two parents who were competitive gymnasts?
0: Um, I... Always looking back because I've had so much time to like reflect on it now. I just feel so uh, incredibly lucky for how I grew up. Um, both were competitive gymnasts. They both did it in college, and then started coaching. And that's well, that's what brought them together was coaching, and eventually opened up their own club. And that's where I grew up. I grew up in the gym, and I didn't really know anything differently. They did put me in other sports. Those didn't stick. Uh, I just remember. Loving being in the gym, loving playing, and just always happy that I was there with my family. So that's how I got started, and and I'm very lucky for that.
1: And when did you figure out that gymnastics was your passion also?
0: I just knew I didn't ever like leaving the gym. But when I turned seven is when my parents um, decided to bring me to another gym that had an elite program so that is when it was like started getting a little bit more serious and was like I knew I'd love to do it but then this was like you have some talent let's see where that goes just outside of our gym and like doing it with a coach who already has had elite athletes
1: that's so amazing did you ever go through a point in your life where it was not enjoyable or was it always just like this train full steam ahead you just loved it or did you have those days where it's like, I don't want to be at the gym right now?
0: There, No, there were definitely, definitely ups and downs. Um, some of them, a lot of them came if there was a fear um, of doing a new skill or doing something like that. I remember going to the gym when I was about 10 with a stomach ache for an entire month because there was a skill that I was afraid to do. Um, so things like that, that was just the ups and downs. The other downs were injuries because um, those are never fun. It's not Easy when you can't do something that you love to do, and um, so those days were were really tough. But you know, my parents were very helpful with that and reminded me, like, you have goals. This is a setback, but how are we going to turn this around? I love that. And you've competed basically your entire life,
1: and not only competing, but those new skills you were just referencing, those are the goals you have to reach towards. So when Did you start setting these goals
0: and what was your process as a child to, Mm -hmm. you know, already think that far ahead? So we would make, we had, you know, training plans that were for the week and for the month and, you know, long-term training plans that was like, okay, this is our long-term goal is to peak at this competition, which was generally in the summer at like a championships and set little goals before that, how this training camp was going to go, how this was going to go. Um, so, there's always something to work towards, and there was always little milestones that you got to celebrate because if you only just have that one big goal, it's really hard to be excited every day when there are other things that you can be like, Yes, we did that, we made it, let's celebrate that, and then keep working. It makes things a little bit easier. So, you know, doing that um, is what helped us a lot. And I worked better off of a plan than just kind of winging it. I like to know what's coming. I like to know what my training is going to be like, what the numbers are going to be like so I can mentally prepare. Um, I just, I work better that way. I function that way. <laughs> so, um, and then for me, I didn't fully, I always thought like the Olympics would be very cool, but yeah. I, I didn't set that in my mind that that was a possibility for me like for real until I was 15 after making the world championship team actually not making the team after competing cuz I didn't initially make that team um do all this crazy stuff I ended up being on the team and we we won but it took competing at that world championships to be like okay you're good enough you have a chance to make an olympic team that's amazing i think of so many
1: young kids when they're like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I'm going to be in the Olympics. And, you know, so many people don't actually have a chance at that. And you really did. But it's amazing that you didn't even see that in your sight until you were so close to it. What did it take to get from, I mean, even to get to those world championships from that goal to then, yeah, I'm going to do this. What did that just was it a whole new level of everything or
0: consistency well, it was it was just like like that oh my gosh like we just we competed at worlds we did well um you know i was successful personally as long as well as with the team and then it was like okay you can do this but you know there's there's more work cuz there are a lot of other good you know athletes that are training to make this team so it it did help me work even harder because it was like, okay, you have a shot, but now let's push even more to, you know, give you the best opportunity to make this team. Didn't quite go my way first round. So (laughs) Um, I got, broke a bone in my foot in April of that year um, and the Olympics were in August. So I was able to come back in time to make alternate for that team. Um, That is not a fun place to be. Yeah, I
1: bet. I mean, so many people, obviously, uh, so many can't relate to getting ready for the Olympics and then breaking a bone or having this major setback. But we can all relate to having something, you know, in our sight that we're looking forward to or working towards. And then something horrific happens. How did you get through that and then still
0: work through everything to be a part of the whole experience? It was tough. I remember because we didn't get the diagnosis right away. So it happened at a training camp. We were, um, I was actually going for another team. It, it was just another competition I was trying to make. And initially I was just really upset. I was like, oh, I'm not going to get to compete at this competition. Um, cause we did get an X-ray, X-ray right away and it didn't show anything cause it was just so swollen yet, but then got home, had another one, saw my doctor here. And, um, I remember I'd Funny when the details are just so sharp. I, I was at a friend's house and my mom called and she's like, eh, "It's broken." <laughs> like, okay, you know. And that then it was just like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, is there going to be enough time? Am I going to be able to do this? Will I even have a shot? And it was taking that time, still allowing yourself to be upset, to be angry, to feel all of those emotions because it's not good to just shut those and be like, "Okay, it is what it is." You need that time to to grieve and to be angry, but then you do need to be like, okay, this did happen. What can I do? How can I turn this around? Um, And that for me was mom and dad, my sisters, and then my coaches and my teammates who really helped with that. I was like, hey, this is still your goal. And if there is an outside possibility that we can get back, let's keep in shape what we can, even though my foot's in a cast.
1: (laughs) Right. Um.
0: And go from there. So it was still clinging on to that sliver of hope that it could happen. Oh my gosh. And thank goodness you you
1: stuck through it. Describe the emotions when you first stepped foot onto
0: the floor to compete for a gold medal. Um well, for when I did finally make the team <laughs> four years later, um, that was it was still it was really rocky as well in Beijing. So, because um, I also <laughs> fractured a bone in my foot <laughs> training right. there. So, but just being there and competing there, it was it was surreal. Um, I actually like one of the moments that sticks out the most was when finally hearing your name called to the team because you know mm-hmm. we competed at championships, competed at. Um, Olympic trials. You guys can't see that put it in quotation marks because it wasn't right. still quite Olympic trials. And then the final selection camp. So Olympic trials um, in front of the crowd and the huge thing. Um, I had one of my best competitions ever, um, but they still only named two people to the team. And then for the final selection camp is when they announced the entire team. And that was just that like oh my gosh, all these years of work put into this and then hearing your name called was amazing. But then there was that kind of like shock and panic of like, oh, now I got to go do this. And I think sometimes, like I know it was for me especially, it was like, okay, this is my goal and I made it, but I'm like, I still have to do it now.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. It was
0: like, okay, I made the team, but oh, now we got to really go and compete. So that was like a whole new level of, oh my gosh, But then being there, being in the village and just being around all of the best athletes in the world in every sport Mm
1: -hmm.
0: was incredible because usually we just go and get to see the gymnasts and this and that. But when you get to be around like that level of excellence and so many levels and so many Mm -hmm. sports, it's unreal.
1: Is there something that you found that you all have in common? Because, you know, the panic sets in. Wow, now I actually have to compete and do this thing how
0: do you regroup and then bring yourself to just stillness and calmness to perform right um well our teammate you know that was helpful there were six of us there and we lived like it was in like a little apartment so we were all together and then just getting back into the normal training of our two-a-day trainings and this and that and doing things together and just kind of getting into that rhythm again Mm -hmm. was super helpful because everything is a little bit off once the selection camp and then you go through processing and you get all your olympic gear but there is so much like travel involved especially since we were going to china that was just mm-hmm. long travel in itself but then once you get there you do kind of fall into a rhythm um but again like i said walking into the village was incredible and then just the cafeteria <laughs> That's where, you know, you see the most people we've seen, you know, some of our pro basketball players from our home teams competing for other countries, which is really cool. And, you know, running into Michael Phelps and things like that. But the sheer size of the cafeteria was incredible.
1: <laughs> I can't even imagine. I always laugh when we watch the Olympics and I think it was Ellen DeGeneres. She was like, we should compare like they make it look so easy on TV and we should just have an average human at the same event <laughs> every time to show just really how excellent these people are. I was like, I'll, I'll be the average, the average. <laughs> but really, and then you feeling that way about other athletes, how people look up to you. I mean, it's so it's a really cool thing when you think of all those people who set those goals and really worked their lives for these moments and it's coming into fruition.
0: It It's, it's incredible. I mean, it's, and it's fun to kind of relive it again sometimes when we chat about this because I don't always like take myself back there, but when people ask me, it is, mm-hmm. it's, it's fun to think about and remember certain things or different things that you, you know, hadn't thought about in a long time, but it's just, mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, the amount of work and respect for everyone else who's there is, is amazing. That is so cool. And then before that, you had a shoulder injury, correct? Yes. 2004 was, um, we were outside of the village. Didn't get okay. to be a part of anything really. Um, yeah, we stayed, there was just the three of us there that trained at an offsite training facility. So that was, that was really hard. Um, once I went home to come back from, Mm-hmm. um, And that's when I made the coaching switch, too, because things were just, just weren't quite on the same page and training and I wasn't enjoying it as much because to get so close and not quite Mm -hmm. make your goal, that was, that was really tough. It was hard and it was Mm -hmm. not as fun being in the gym because it was just like, what am I going to do? Do I want to keep doing gymnastics? Do I want to train for this? Do I want to drop back level and maybe just, you know, go a lot easier? And it was really hard and just not I wasn't enjoying it because I think I needed to give myself more time. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so that's when you know everything kind of happened, and we switched gyms. And I asked my dad to to coach me, and we really just took it a year at a time, at least until after. Obviously, two thousand five was a great year for me, but that was just like let's kind of put the Olympics like shelf that put it at the back of our mind and just focus on Worlds in two thousand five. And see how you feel afterwards. Oh my gosh! So that goal
1: setting coming back around at that point was it just a little more casual? I shall I say, like don't want to put too much pressure on it, or
0: was it? You know, it's funny because you know. it was it was casual for the Olympics, but mm-hmm. for Worlds, it was it was not. We, my dad is and I are very similar, so he was really great um, at putting training plans together. So, you know, we started working in this and that. And then um, there was another competition that we were at when we were chatting and talking about worlds and this and that. And, you know, how are we going to approach this? What are we going to make our goal? And then we were just talking outside of the gym and Mm -hmm. he was we were talking about cars and he asked my favorite car and I was like, whatever. And he's like, you know what? You win worlds this year. I'll buy you that car. I'm like, all right, cool. So <sighs> I turned around and we shook on it. And it's funny cause I've never ever made winning like my top goal and my priority. It's always just going out there and doing the best that I know that I can do. And
1: mm-hmm. that was
0: one of the first times that I've ever like, I want to win this competition. So it's it's amazing, you know, kind of making a board and a vision of what I wanted to happen and just, you know, setting that goal, mm-hmm. that huge, huge goal of winning a world championships. But then, you know, it, it fuels you to see it and yeah. be like, this is what I want. And then taking that with me, trying to bring that with me into training to be like, again, on those hard days, because there were hard days. And it's just like, mm-hmm. okay, what do you want Is this, this is what you said you want? Do you really want this? So let's push through today. Might not be the best, but those hard days make you stronger and make you better. Oh my gosh. That's so amazing. So after we'll fast forward a little bit,
1: you won a silver medal. What's next? Like, do you give yourself that space to breathe or is it okay? What's next? Let's move on, you know, or do you enjoy it? Soak it in. How does that transition happen
0: in your life? Um, so we did enjoy it. So after 2008, we won a silver. They did a post-Olympic tour. So we got, got to enjoy it, enjoy it with the team. Um, the men also did really well. They got a bronze medal, which is incredible. Um, so we all just, you know, were able to just enjoy that. But that was then after the tour mm-hmm. was over, after that like elation and excitement and being around everybody. And coming home and not knowing what I was going to do, you know, not being in that environment um, Mm -hmm. was really hard. And I I never was diagnosed with anything, but I was mildly depressed to say the least because just training had been my life. I Mm -hmm. accomplished a goal of making and competing at an Olympics. And then it was like, okay, (laughs) you know what? I'm not training this much. I'm not doing anything. So it was really, really hard. And it was a really hard place to be in mentally, just kind of being in limbo and just not knowing. Um, So it's like, do I train again? I did a little bit in 2009. I wasn't in great shape, wasn't doing my best because it was still just like I don't know what I want. And I don't really know what I am outside of gymnastics. So I was scared and just Mm – going back to the thing that you knew. So it was just not good. (laughs) I'm thankful though for my family um, and my friends who kind of helped pull me through that and away from that and then decided, okay, why not, you know, train again, like, but take the time to get in better shape, to be in gymnastic shape and not just kind of go through the motions So that was, that got a little bit better.
1: (laughs) And then at what point did you meet your husband and start a family? Was it during this time frame, or? Actually, yes. So
0: I, I met my husband in 2009, well, not at that time, but in 2009. Mm -hmm. So we started dating. Um, So he was with me like kind of at that low point (laughs) um, of my life where it was just, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then um, was he was with me and there to support me when I did decide I wanted to f- for sure come back and make another run for 2012. Also didn't pan out. <laughs> but um, so yeah, so he, w- he was with me from starting with 2009 um, and we got married in 2013. Okay. So I can't even imagine because these
1: things that your goals are so huge. They're just, I'm going to train again. I'm going to go after this thing. And then when that thing, because it's your whole life, you're dedicating everything to this goal. And then when that doesn't pan out for you, I mean, I would think it would be like devastating and kind of earth shattering for your identity to be, (laughs) what am I besides a gymnast? And then you have to almost find yourself again and love yourself again for you and not your abilities and your, you know, talents and goals that you have. So how do you start kind of, I mean, you kind of started the whole self-love thing before it was trendy because
0: you had to figure out, you know, who you were and how mm-hmm. did you start that? Um, again, it was really hard because I, so yeah, 2012, um, I didn't have the ending of my career that I like really wanted or hoped for. Um, mm-hmm. It was not fun. I did it ton of support from the gymnastics community which was amazing Um, so much love from them and that really helped got so many messages so many messages of support and everything and that was amazing um, to hear all of that and then it was I also did that post-olympic tour in 2012 and that was completely different because I was just there to enjoy it and have fun and just be a part of it because it wasn't mine I was just like an extra and just along for the ride which would which was nice um but just knowing what to expect and then you know after that coming home the nice part was again well dating my now husband um he was mm-hmm. you know very helpful with that and you know when he was you know finishing college going into the navigating into the new workforce too as well it was just like you know setting goals for himself so it was helpful to have you know, someone doing some, obviously very different things than gymnastics, but it's, it's almost the same because you're setting goals. This is what you want. This is a career you want. Okay. How are we going to, you know, make that happen? Um, so it's nice to have someone else to help motivate and push, but then get Mm -hmm. that same. Um, so for me, I just, and I went obviously back to gymnastics, my parents own a club and I just started coaching, Um, I started judging gymnastics because I knew that it was going to be a part of my life, no matter what. Mm -hmm. It's in my blood. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I wasn't – I knew that getting outside of it completely was just not going to happen. And I don't see – for some people, and that's what they want, and that's amazing. But for me, I just knew that I was going to do gymnastics. (laughs) Um, No matter what. No matter what. So it was Mm -hmm. just (laughs) – natural that way um so starting being a part of judging like I jumped I dove right into that actually took the judging course in 2011 before I retired but then retook it again in 2013 and just kind of jumped right in um and that was nice perk of you know competing at the highest level you get to start judging at the highest level so that's kept me involved in the elite scene and traveling a little bit with that so that part of it is really nice to be involved that way. So that was something to, you know, look forward to and, and transition out of doing it myself. And then, you know, doing summer camps and clinics and things like that, and just working with the next generation of athletes and trying to help motivate them and, you know, set goals for themselves. Um, And that's, that's also super fulfilling to, to try to, you know, touch lives that way.
1: Yeah. And around that point, you had your children.
0: Yep. My son was born in 2015.
1: So it's funny because a lot of moms feel like they lose their identity when, you know, they become a parent because that's just their role now. Mom, mommy, mommy. And you almost had this identity as training and this was your life and transitioned at the same time into then becoming a mother. It's like your identity went through this huge curve right then um how do you kind of
0: veer one into the other it was just kind of I just kind of dove right into it because it was yeah you know because we had talked about you know we both wanted kids and things like Mm -hmm. and a family and it was just the timing worked out we got married Mm -hmm. and then had you know my son a little more than a year later and um It was, it was, it was scary and terrifying. And I don't think there is any book that can prepare you for, for, for motherhood and parenthood and everything like that. But it was just, yeah, finding that new, new normal and then, you know, figuring out how to still be like yourself Mm. and be mom. Um, And that took, that took time. Because um, you're just so wrapped up in it. And I, you know, remember getting ready to leave the hospital. I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys are letting us leave. You're crazy.
1: <laughs> Why am I taking the I, baby home? <laughs> I know. Like, what,
0: what are we going to do? We're in charge of this tiny human. And um, so that was terrifying. But then you you just kind of figure it out. And um, we're still figuring it out. But right. Um, <laughs> But yeah, navigating that that was that was tough, but then it's it's amazing and the the bond that you have with your kid and the love that you feel mm-hmm. for them is amazing. <laughs> and for me though it was nice cuz once, you know, I remember the first time we brought him into the gym and it was just like introducing him to just like another part of myself mm-hmm. and I that was that was really cool and for them to well now both of them See how much they enjoy being in the gym is awesome. You just posted a video of you doing a dismount
1: and the kids are sitting there and they're like, "Go, mom. <laughs> it's the cutest." And then they run up and hug you. I was like, "Oh, how beautiful to let them witness your passion and your love for something and just be a part of it and the smile on your face when they were cheering. Oh my gosh, it made my heart burst. It was so cute. Because so often I feel like our passions get lost yeah. when we transition into motherhood and you're showing them like, this is me, like, this is part of my life. This is, you know, a big part of my life and I love it and keep working for something that you want. So how did you get out of, you know, those points when you said Mm -hmm. you felt almost depressed and then all these transitions, what do you do for, you know, self-care, not just like, you know, workouts, obviously I'm sure are
0: a big part of your self-care, but what do you do to kind of take the next step forward? The workouts, the workouts were a big thing um, that helped that. That was what just kind of started it was just working out, working out again, and just doing that for me. And it's funny because you don't, and I didn't really realize how much I needed that until I started doing it more. I'm like, I'm feeling better. And it wasn't just like a physical, like Mm -hmm. I, I am physically feeling better, but it was just like, I'm feeling better. I'm happy. And I'm generally a happy person, but it just came easier. Mm -hmm. And um, so things like that. But like I said, I didn't didn't know I needed it until I was doing it. Um, And I wish I had taken that time even after Dashiell, because it took me a lot longer to get back into the swing of things with Daschle because I had a C-section with him. So that was a lot longer recovery. Um, But, yeah, it was just like things that I didn't know – that I needed. <laughs> um, but finding that starting to work out and doing things more that I enjoy, like going for walks because I love walking outside. So it was just mm-hmm. doing that more with them. And we we did do that a lot, but just making the time to do something mm-hmm. for you and that you enjoy and, you know, taking care of yourself. I mean, you know, you tend to not wash my face as much or this as much and do that. And it was just like, okay, stop. Take those extra five minutes to wash your face, put on a face mask. you'll feel better tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. um, so doing those little things um, that aren't actually that little because they make a big difference. So it was finding that. but the work but working out again is what kind of started all of that. I think
1: that's so important for our audience to hear that sometimes it's the littlest thing that you can do. Yes, go wash your face, go outside and get some fresh air and go for a walk like that is the start of feeling better and getting better and something that you don't know you need to do give it a
0: try and see and then maybe oh my gosh this is what I needed all along yes that's exactly it so then yeah so with and then with the working out it just kind of snowballed and went into like the Chelsea challenges and I'm looking forward to going into the gym every day and feeling good and feeling fit. Um, And also I'm still working on it because it's really hard to be just kind to yourself. Mm -hmm. And I know that I'm critical of myself, but I didn't know how bad it was um, (laughs) until, you know, talking with my husband until I did get into better shape. And I thought it would change and fix everything, mm-hmm. and it didn't. Cause I'm still finding myself being super critical and being like, okay, well, I'm still not where I want to be, or this, or I still don't like wearing that. And yeah, I didn't, I didn't know really how hard I was on myself. And I know part of that is from, you know, being in a sport and being at that highest level, but I also think I would be that way regardless mm-hmm. of that. It just maybe amplified it. Because for me, like when I'm coaching, it's come so easy to see, you know, the t- or the talent or the drive or the promise and what these kids are going to be able to do mm-hmm. and to try to motivate them to do that and to see it in themselves. But then when I turn around and I'm not doing the same to myself, that's I'm not being fair to myself.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that's so Common of people, you can see the best in your friend or your sister or your, you know, kids, but we can't see the best in ourselves right away. We could write down 25 things we don't like about ourselves and then struggle to write a list of things we do like about ourselves. Yes, exactly.
0: So I'm I'm working on that and I'm trying really hard. Um, and my husband has been very helpful and he, he does get annoyed because he's like, you need to stop. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's and it's hard because it's just kind of like ingrained sometimes that you just always need to do better, be better, look better, do this, And it's like, okay, we need to stop and celebrate what we have accomplished, what is in front of you, and that that, especially physically for me, has been really hard. Mm-hmm. I was
1: listening to something that said, so rarely do we stop and really just celebrate what we've done before we move on to the next thing. If you're like a go-getter and want to get after something, do you feel like you've looked back and really just like celebrated all of your accomplishments yet? Or is it something you like (laughs) struggle to do because you want to move ahead to the next thing?
0: Um, some of the things, yes, definitely. Um, Especially, you know, in my career, like some of the world championships and the Olympics, things like that, I have celebrated and I am, you know, proud of and can be like, I did an amazing thing. Um, It's sometimes still hard for me to say that because I tend to be (laughs) kind of modest with things like that. But it is cool. And I did do something amazing. And I am still working on like just being able to say that. But I have, you know, celebrated those victories. But more recently I'm still working on it. <laughs> cause I do know that I'm what I'm doing is pretty awesome. But it's still that that is still a little bit hard for me. But um but cause yeah, because we're always kind of looking or what's the next challenge, or this or that. And it's like, okay, stop, because we've done um I keep thinking it's been a shorter amount of time, but we've done Chelsea challenges for over a year. Um, I've done, you know, been in good shape for over a year, which is pretty amazing. So this right now, I'm still kind of processing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And
1: you post videos on your social media with the hashtag adult gymnastics. And you guys, I mean, I understand that someone else telling you you're doing an amazing thing isn't – as good as you believing it yourself but it's unbelievable after having two kids you know you've been out of the consistent training for a while now the things you are physically doing and mentally to get yourself to do those things I maybe wouldn't even step foot on a balance beam at this point (laughs) in my life um but why do you use that hashtag and what what do you feel like all those videos really show people
0: I, well, I use that hashtag because I just, I am an adult that is doing gymnastics and I was doing it and still doing it, just not with any kind of crazy goal or anything in mind, just doing Mm -hmm. it purely because I love doing it. Mm -hmm. And I know sometimes we forget or push things that we love doing that aren't maybe a priority or have Mm -hmm. to do with work or this or that. We kind of push those aside sometimes, but I So that's kind of why I use it because I'm – like I said, I'm just – I am an adult who is doing gymnastics simply because I love to do it.
1: You're inspiring so many people though because you think your hobby or your sports or skills from your childhood just should end,
0: but they don't have to. They don't, and sometimes it's hard to see like with social media how many people you are truly reaching. Like I know there's numbers in this and that, but Mm – um, so the, like the last year traveling I've hit, when I've had like multiple people come up and just say, I love your posts and this and that, and it is inspiring that, that like when it's like that face to face, that means mm-hmm. even more. Um, and it's funny cause you said that I had another one, an adult gymnast who came up to me at a meet and he's like, you know, my friends kind of laugh, but they go and play a pickup basketball game and no one thinks anything of it. And mm-hmm. that isn't any different than what we're doing and why should it be looked at any different just because it's gymnastics? I don't it shouldn't be and I never thought of of anything like that but I'm like I that makes sense. I mean, why can you guys go play basketball or this or that and that's not a big deal but why is it any different if we go into a gym and do gymnastics? I mean, it's it's fun.
1: I completely agree and you have the access to a gym you know, whenever you want. So it's great to have that opportunity, but there's so many people who they just shut that part off in their lives. And that's really sad because they had something they love so much and not just gymnastics, but so Mm -hmm. many things in our life could be playing an instrument. I don't know, but (laughs) we shut it off because our lives change and we just think, oh, well that, that's done now,
0: but we're missing so many opportunities for happiness. It is. And yeah, you're right. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be crazy. You don't have to set a goal. Like I, I know talked about toying with the idea of, of actually training and not just doing it for fun, but you can do things just because you love them and it doesn't have to be every day or this and that. But if you make even time, a little bit of time once a week, mm-hmm. I, I think so much of your, I don't know if so much can change. Cause like I said, it's, it's brought so much joy just to do something for just me Mm-hmm. Um, it, it makes me happier and it does, I feel like I'm a better mom because of it, because I'm doing something that's mine. And mm-hmm. then to also, they'll be able to share it with them. Cause even just, you know, this week too, I was doing something into the pit and Audrey Elle goes, mom, you did a flip. And she was just so <laughs> excited and then she tries to do it too and she runs and jumps in the pit. She's like, "I did a flip." I'm like, "Not really, but that was awesome." <laughs> yes, totally. But to share, you know, to share that joy with with my kids is is amazing and it just shows them I know they're still both very young, but that you can have goals and you can do things for fun and do things for yourself. Um no matter what age you are. Mhm. I totally agree. And you mentioned something about training
1: again potentially you kind of set your Instagram followers like in a frenzy because you mentioned this I think the day before April Fool's and they're like is this a joke or is this really real first tell us about that and then second do you think it's because you love it so much again instead of it being you know a
0: step-by-step goal where you started to not love it as much so it's funny how the timing worked out. It was just completely random. I didn't even, I don't pay attention to April Fool's because I don't really right. like that. I'm I'm not that fun of a person. <laughs> um, but it was just the one of the days the week before I was just feeling really good. I'm like, Oh, this would be a kind of a cool beam routine. So I filmed it all. And then I just wanted to post a picture, a clip each day. And I hadn't planned on trying that dismount on that day on that Friday that I tried it. Um, but I told my dad like what the plan was like with the videos. I'm like, I don't just want to post a little round back talk on the floor. I'm like, think I can do one. <laughs> He's like, well, yeah. So that day I was just, I was just feeling good mentally and physically and uh, tried to did a couple, you know, on the laser beam into the, And then I got up on the beam. I was scared. I was terrified um, because it was just, you know, doing that and whatever. But then for me too, I was also like, well, you know, maybe if I can do this, it's a sign. Or if I can't do this or if I'm too afraid, whatever, that means Mm -hmm. I shouldn't even train. I should just, you know, stay playing on the floor and that's that. But annoyingly, kind of, I just did it really no problem. (laughs) didn't help didn't help with your. <laughs> it didn't help with with my to deter me at all. Um so then yeah, I finished my post and then it and it, yeah, I posted it the day before April Fools and like I said, I didn't even pay attention to the date cuz I didn't even know what day it was anyways. And yeah, it things just kind of went crazy and I and it's funny cuz a lot of people have been commenting, but you don't really realize again how many people are following you or this or that and getting more messages. My sister's getting message. My other sister's getting messages. People are, you know, asking like, Oh my gosh, is she training? (laughs) Yeah. Um, but then to, if I would, you know, refocus into that, but I, I am just having fun and I am feeling really good. Um, but to see how my body would actually react to structured training and doing Mm -hmm. more numbers because I was only doing it gymnastics maybe two times a week. And if I got sore, I didn't have to do it again for a whole week if I didn't Mm -hmm. want to. It was just there's no pressure, no nothing. Like if I feel Mm -hmm. good, great, I'll flip. If I don't, whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. And that would, that mentality would completely change if I would commit to training. Of course, because I just plan. So (laughs) I did start, you know, kind of an outline of a way to maybe ease back into it and just to see again how my body reacts. And if I did start training, I still would try not to put any of that pressure or expectation, but just to, to do it, to enjoy it and enjoy the journey and just see what happens instead of trying to have so much, okay, now I need to make this team. It would just be like, mm-hmm. let's see what happens. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I think, You're
1: inspiring so many people that you don't need to give up on anything and you can do it while having fun with it. You don't have to, you know, overwhelm yourself with
0: this thing. So it becomes something you don't like. Right. And that that is sometimes what makes me sad about some of the highest levels is because so many of us the majority started it just because we liked it and we thought it was fun Mm -hmm. and we wanted to do it. And then you start adding that pressure and this and that, and you takes away from some of that joy. I was pretty lucky for the most part to still enjoy it. It was hard. It was so hard, but there was still that love of doing it. Mm -hmm. And it, and it was, and as I got older too, but looking around even at some of the big major competitions that I was at. And I just was like – and this was when I was a little bit older. I was just like, okay, no one looks that happy here. We're, we're all tense and this and that. And I know because we have goals. But it's like it's it still takes away from some of that, like, enjoyment mm-hmm. of, like – and remembering, like, why we did it. Um, I hope people can enjoy their journeys. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: You truly are leaving a legacy, obviously, behind, Um, and you kind of grew into your passion where you were born. I mean, you weren't born in the gym, but (laughs) you were raised in a gym. You know, it was just a part of you. What would you say to anyone who's maybe went through a journey and they don't feel like they have that passion or that thing that they find just happiness in right now? What advice could you give them to you know find that and hopefully just have fun with enjoy in their life not feel like they're stuck in an identity that isn't theirs that isn't
0: theirs well i would say for sure i mean if it was you know a job that they needed and whatever they need to try to find something outside that mm-hmm. can kind of carry them through and make them enjoy something and if it was something that you did as a child to maybe revisit it and if you know there wasn't anything try something new or to kind of put yourself out there. And I know that is so much easier said than done. Um, but I I don't know what I would like do or what my life would look like without gymnastics. And being so lucky that it was such a big part of my life and something that, you know, just kind of that's how I was born, what I was born into. But to find that much joy and love in it is amazing and I hope everybody has that opportunity to find something that they truly enjoy and just want to do Um. so if you haven't found it yet just keep you know keep searching and keep putting yourself out there trying something new and you could be surprised like with what it is but I, I know I'm lucky and I like I said I just wish everybody would find something that would you know, bring them as much joy because like right now, obviously just playing gymnastics doesn't, it just gives me fulfillment. It doesn't really do anything for my job right now, but it, it still, it, it makes me better in every other aspect of my life. I love that so much. And even if you
1: guys have found your passion and if it was something you did when you were eight years old, there's nothing stopping you from getting after it right now and having fun with it and igniting that childhood happiness that you had back then. I think sometimes we just forget about those things, but if they brought you so much happiness back then, there's a good chance they can bring you happiness now. I I agree completely. Thank you so much, Chelsea. We will be following along. Tell everyone where they can follow you to watch all of these
0: unbelievable videos. Yes. So on Instagram I am at cmemmel23 and Twitter is just at cmemmel.
1: Perfect. We will be following along and watching you enjoy this training or not training or whatever the wind blows your way. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you.